0: Crap, yes, 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 as Tom Likas would say, the great Tom Likas. Tom Likas, one 800 Tom. tom Tom Likas. Um, where's the hammering coming from? <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell. Uh, there's a Lawrence O'Donnell freakout video on the internet, and I've seen it, and it's entertaining. But, uh, that's about it. I'm gonna try to find... Mr. Man here. The big star. Star and Screen, Jay Izzo. Let's try to call Mr. Jay Izzo. He's excited according to his Skype profile. According to his Skype profile. Jay Izzo is excited according to his Skype profile. Well, so uh, so well, we'll see if uh, he is uh, he is oh, excited I'm... to hear from us. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you ex- uh, perfectly. Expertly, okay. as I was going to say. And then I was going to do some hammering, and then I was hoping that you would be like Lawrence O'Donnell and threaten to go up to the next floor and uh, find the effing hammering and get rid of it. I don't know if you've seen that video on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> It's it's kind of comparable to the old Bill O'Reilly, where it was like, "I don't know what it means to play us out." You've been involved in television for how many years, and you don't know what the term means. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I just don't understand these things. But uh, how are you? Pretty way. good, actually. Uh, we've been up at the uh, Kansas State Fair for the last two weeks, and uh, I uh, while I was there. I became a nationally ranked arm wrestler. It's absolutely amazing. I saw I <laughs> that. I that. Yep. And, and, then, and, uh, and then at one point, I seen you make one of the uh, comments, uh, made, made a comment, and that's where we'll start this segment here. Um, you made a comment on one of the videos that I posted about uh, Mr. Jaguar, we have to have a conversation. <laughs> so, dude, dude, you,
1: you, what was the, I mean, dude, you walked away from that thing like you dropped the mic. <laughs> and you you pulled your shoulders back, you had your buttocks sticking out and you were walking and the chest is out and you had the cock with the walk baby. I mean, that's what you had there.
0: Hey, I'm trying to be a big mean, I'm trying to be as big a star as you are. I'm failing to, to, but I'm trying to be as big to, to of the star as you, you are trying to my, my star status you're, you're stepping down if you're trying to be heavy. <laughs> but,
1: but I mean, man, I mean you had the walk. I mean, you had the walk and by the way, uh, that whole thing that you did there with that—that that was actually really impressive. I mean, that was really impressive. That whole arm wrestling thing that you did there—I mean, that—that—that's a hard gig. I mean, I—I when I was much younger, I did that, but uh, that type of thing. But I was never ranked. But I used to do it for some money, and uh, you, you know, that's a hard thing. It—it it took a toll. It took some toll on my shoulders over years.
0: Well, you know, just, see, see, my my whole thing with the uh, with with the shoulders is uh and i was i was telling somebody this the other day um when i started doing boxing and things years ago i always wanted to be mike tyson right so i studied all of mike tyson stuff and i found out that at one point he uh he did shrugs with a um with a barbell one set of a hundred and i'm like well i'm never gonna be able to do that so i just did 20 sets of 25 and we had these we had this you did 20 sets of 25 yeah i did it as a (laughs) warm-up i know it's it's crazy and uh i built these shoulders these huge shoulders and so my whole goal was to be able to get in and hit people with just uppercuts and hooks and that was the whole point of the whole thing and so i thought well arm wrestling i could do arm wrestling you know, I've seen you know arm wrestling on TV. I've seen uh, uh Travis Bagent and uh, Ron Bath, who's a scary looking individual on the uh, on on the YouTube. But uh me, I've, I got a question though. They're professional arm wrestlers. But go yeah, ahead. I know.
1: All right, but did you see Over the Top?
0: No, I've never seen Over the Top. <laughs> With a, I've never seen that movie. Dude, you you cannot I've seen some even, of the Rocky movies that he's done, that no, I've no, never dude, seen Over have, the Top. I,
1: no, you've got to see Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone cuz when he turns that hat backwards, brother, I'm telling you it's over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I I will I will go and uh and, and dig up Over the Top at some point and uh I'm I'm
1: telling you no, you cannot be a true arm wrestler if you've never seen Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone hmm. you can't I mean I, I'm I'm I will I will almost guarantee you that every arm wrestler who is even ranked has probably seen over the top now they will tell you it's the worst movie that they have ever seen
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know but it that's
1: is literally that's always own, good it's literally the only arm wrestling movie out there it is the, the really only arm wrestling, arm wrestling movie
0: have. out there because I even chatted with the uh which we're going we're gonna to put that interview up uh, at some point this week or next week. Of uh, I interviewed the guy that organized the arm wrestling thing, and he was talking about Over the Top, and he said that it was just a god-awful movie. So
1: <laughs> It's an awful movie, but I promise you, every arm wrestler, there was actually legitimate arm wrestlers in that movie.
0: Oh, really? So I, That's a yes, hell of a deal. No, no, no.
1: There, there was like, these, they had ranked arm wrestlers in the movie with Stallone. Now they had to lose to Stallone. yeah well, but yeah, but they had yeah, to do the
0: job to Stallone. But
1: uh. well, yeah, I mean, Stallone was steroiding, you know, big time then. <laughs> <laughs> Still is, I think. <laughs> Still is, I
0: think. Right, I mean, well, you knew, you,
1: knew, right? you knew the whole thing, right? Where he got busted in Australia for all the um, testosterone and steroids and oh, really? I must have missed this in his uh, in his suitcase. I
0: must have missed this. This <laughs> years ago. Years ago, huh. yeah, yeah, no, no. no. Have you no, ever, yeah, have, have you ever seen? Um, and it's on Netflix. Have you ever seen um, "Bigger, Faster, Stronger"? That documentary.
1: No, I haven't.
0: If you ever get a chance, you should go watch that, because that is a hell of a deal about uh, roids and the culture in America with roids, and uh, there's a scene in that movie where they talk to the guy who was in charge of issuing all the bans for the U.S. Olympic team, and apparently Carl Lewis had been banned several times, but they found all sorts of convenient ways to get around it because he was Carl Lewis. (laughs) Are you shocked? Is this... So, I mean that should not that sh- that should not shock you. No, no, it doesn't.
1: No, it, and it shouldn't because I am. T- listen, uh, uh, with all the crap that the East Germans and the Russians had to go through with their doping and steroiding and testosteroneing and everything—all that, right? Trust me, we, we were having our own sets of issues with within that era. I mean, there was. All sorts of blood doping and crazy stuff that was happening there. You know, where people would test and then they'd switch out their blood or, you know, get retransfused. And I mean, it's crazy. It's a hell of a deal. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Crazy stuff. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. And so, I'm not surprised. When you have a star athlete like that, you're going to bend over back. You're going to bend the rules. You may not completely break them. Maybe you will, but you're definitely going to bend the crap out of the rules for that athlete.
0: It is uh, Jay Izzo with us today, and we're, uh, we're we're we don't have a guest today. So on so on this show, we're just going to, uh, as they say, kind of banter back and forth on a few things. We're gonna, but we're how gonna, much fun we're is gonna, this? We're, I mean, we're, this is... we're gonna riff on some topics. Yeah, this is fun though. <laughs> see,
1: this, see, I want to do this more with you because oh, just go back you know and forth what? with me, on, on
0: shenanigans.
1: Yeah, yeah. because – all right, so I listen to I, – I don't listen to this show often. Actually, I've only listened to this show four times, so total. So there is this show, radio show on ESPN called the Dan Levitard Show. Oh, and,
0: God, Dan Levitard, yes.
1: Yeah, okay, and then he is with um, Stu Gotts, right? Yes. Right, Stu Gatz. And I was listening, I happen to be listening to the show because they banter a lot. And I mean, they occasionally have a topic, I guess. I don't know if they do or not really in reality. Right. So they banter back and forth. And I'm like going, do you know that your banter is actually more fun than your sports stuff that you talk about? It really it really is. It's huh. more fun to listen to than the sports stuff because the sports stuff just gets, after a while. I don't, and I don't, you know, I do listeners. I don't know if you like Dan Levitard or not. I, I have no idea, or even if you've ever heard of him or if you ever know who he is. But he's originally was based out of Miami, sports writer, and all sorts of things. Now he's got his own ESPN radio show, and he also does it live on the air on ESPN or ESPN two, one of those two channels. Anyway, and so anyway, I, I've never cared for him as a sports writer. He's never just been a guy, but I actually I've watched the show. Like I said four times, and I just happened to catch it listening to it on the way back from the gym, and I'm listening to the show, and I'm I can, they're going they're just bantering, and I'm like, you know what? They're actually pretty funny, and they're really good, and then they start talking about sports, and I have to shut them off because there's nothing interesting.
0: <laughs> I just or, that. Or, or they go I down find the, that I find that amazing that that you're listening to a sports talk show, right? And when they start talking about sports, you're like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm moving I, I, on. I, I moving on.
1: <laughs> I, I this is because, amazing. Because because they have this like political bent on well, every yes. sports and that's, thing. And that's I mean, the thing. You, the next thing I know they're talking about Colin Kaepernick. And I'm like going, I don't want to hear anymore about Colin Kaepernick. Look, can I tell you something ladies and gentlemen? Okay, this Colin Kaepernick thing, I'm going to I'm going to simplify the NFL for you because I as as a collegiate former collegiate athlete Right and in hanging around a number of professional athletes, all right, and and I know a number of them, especially former NFL players. Let me let me just say something to you. If you're really, really, really good, and I mean really, really good, guess what? You have a job in the NFL. Yes. Because they are they are not. I don't care if what you say. I don't care what you do. I don't care. All these people are saying, well, Colin Kaepernick's not getting a job because he did this or did this. I'm gonna tell you something right now, ladies and gentlemen. Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job because he isn't very good. And and I'm I want to, to tell you something else. So in our local market here in the Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area, Coach Steve Logan has a Saturday morning show that is one of the funniest, awesome coaches show. Steve Logan was the head coach of ECU football. He was also, he was also, but he became this great quarterbacks coach. And so um, when he went to Boston College, he trained um, uh, um, uh, Matty Ryan, right? Is it yes. Matt Ryan in yes. Atlanta, right? Yes. So he was Matt Ryan's coach. Well, he's been known to be this guru to work miracles with quarterbacks. Well, he went to San Francisco, in Colin Kaepernick's last year to work with him. Let me tell you something that we know that you are not, that nobody wants to interview Steve Logan about. They don't want to interview how bad was he? He was bad. He he struggled reading defenses. And the reason why he was so successful early on is because he ran his way out of trouble. He couldn't throw his way out of trouble. He ran his way out of trouble. That's only going to go so far in the NFL. Because you can't continue to do that, we sing that here in Carolina with Cam Newton and those type of things, folks. Let me just tell you, he can't make the reads. He can't. He can't get the throws on time. There's just a lot of problems with his mechanics from a quarterback standpoint. And Steve Logan can coach. Steve Logan couldn't fix them, which is why he came back to do radio in North Carolina. And so, if you're thinking that this this thing that that people are not giving him a job because of something that he did or said or because he's not standing for the national anthem or whatever. I'm just telling you, if he was good enough, he'd be in the NFL. And I hear people all the time who are sideline people who, like, right, normal people saying, well, he's got to be better than some other backups. Trust me. If he was better than other backups, he'd be on a team. Now, part of it could be that they don't want to pay the money they have to pay him in order to be a backup because he got a lot of money after going to a Super Bowl, one Super Bowl. Okay, but that's that's not the issue. So simple simple thing is I'm gonna tell you about NFL football. Here it is: if you're good, you got a contract, and you're gonna be on a team. If you're not good, you're not gonna get on the contract and on a team. That's it. <laughs> it's that simple. It is. I mean, I mean, how? I mean, this isn't rocket science. I don't know why people think this is so rocket science or it's a political game or something like this. Can I tell you something? There are they pay the commissioner two hundred million dollars a year. The commissioner of the NFL. This is a multi-billion-dollar business. I promise you. I promise you. Because of how much money the NFL makes, because it is the by far the most wealthy of all the sports that we have in America, I'm going to tell you right now that it's all about money. It has nothing to do with politics. We saw Greg Hardy, who right had a was was a defensive lineman. Who Carolina kicked off the team, guy had a number of sacks, but because there was this domestic violence issue, got a job with the Dallas Cowboys. Right? Yes. Carolina kicked him off. But he was that he was that good. He was that good. So they'll take the domestic violence issues to get a defensive end who can sack the quarterback ten times in a year. Because you 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 can't find that everywhere. So You know, he he works great against offside defensive tackles, right? And so Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys said, we'll take him, right? Even with the domestic violence issues. Pac-Man Jones, Pac-Man Jones, carrying weapons into strip clubs and all the stuff and the drug paraphernalia and everything else he's been caught for, has been playing for the Cincinnati Bengals for how many years? Do you know why? Because he's that good. That's why. He's on the field. And, folks, you go down the list of all the domestic violence folks that are still playing in the NFL, and the reason why they're playing in the NFL is because they're that good. Now, the only exception to that is a punter. Because punters and kickers, you can get them pretty much anywhere off the street now. Right? Because you can find a soccer player. <laughs> you
0: can, can get them, them off the street now. That's all. No, I'm, I, you
1: know what? I'm serious. You think I'm making this up. But, I mean, the pe- people pick up these punters – who were these former soccer players who right, tried out. They didn't quite make it, they, you know, but they were really close. I mean, do you realize how many punters and kickers there are out there? there I mean, there's a ton that are just waiting in line for somebody to go down to get hired. And, and it happens all the time in the NFL. All the time. I mean, that's why they don't worry about – that's why they don't draft. You don't, you don't see very many kickers drafted early on. The reason why is there's a ton of them that are pretty darn good. There's only a few kickers that have ever been drafted really, really early that were worth their weight in gold. And Sebastian Janikowski is one of them that's currently playing. And he's 39 years old, and he's still kicking the crap out of the ball. So is Adam Vinatieri. He's the oldest guy. Adam Vinatieri's the oldest guy in the NFL. I think he's almost 45 years old. Doesn't miss. Doesn't miss a field goal. Ever. Yeah, I think he's got something like 156 in a row or something like that. Right? I mean, that's great. It's absurd. So people need to understand. The thing about the NFL, the NFL is about money. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you got a good enough player, you're going to make you're going to make money. And 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 that's the point. It's not about this whole political thing. And which is why ESPN is so tired and this is why people are getting rid of them off of their cable because ESPN is dead wrong. They they fired a whole bunch of people and in so firing all these people, they fired only the people that that won't take the right political stance. And they kept a bunch of losers on their on their station, so that we're not watching it anymore because ESPN is absolutely totally unwatchable. This is why I cut the cord, so I don't have to have them. The only thing I watch ESPN for is if they got a college game and the Sunday Night Football thing. Other than that, I don't even I can't even tell you who's on ESPN. I haven't watched Sports Center in probably nine years. Matter of fact, last time last time I watched Sports Center, you know who was on it was Stuart Scott, and he's been dead how long?
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Terrible Seriously, that's the last deal. time I watched Sports Was when Stuart Scott was on and the only reason I watched it is because Stuart Scott was from went to, went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and I got to meet him in the gym. And he could not have been a nicer guy. I'm just telling you, Stuart Scott was one of the nicest, funniest human beings, and it was a tragedy that he, you know, he had cancer and he fought that thing, man. I mean, he fought that thing. And it was a tragedy to see him die, because he was really, really—he was a talented young man, and he was, uh, as I said, he could not have been a night. Nice, I, I mean, I come up to my—I said, hey, you know what? You're you are awesome. I enjoy watching you. You're fun. You're entertaining, and you make sports fun. And I really appreciate you. And he could not have been really m- more nice or kind to me in the gym, and I mean, he even talking to me why he was back here in North Carolina, the whole thing, and then you know he passed away, and. And that was the last time I I haven't I haven't watched it. And he you know he wasn't even doing SportsCenter because he was so sick. So how many years ago has that been?
0: I don't I don't even know. And uh, I I I, (laughs) it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's been. Dude, do do you know when ESPN was great? ESPN was great when we were watching at like three o'clock in the morning Australian rules football. That's when ESPN was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, remember? I, I remember watching World's Strongest Man on there. Oh! Watching oh, wa- watching, watching Marius Pujanowski, and then I would always turn around and say, well, I would always be like, well, if Mar- is Marius Pujanowski in it? And everybody would be like, yes. And I'd be like, well, then everyone's playing for second. <laughs> it was always... The, the Polish Hammer, right? The Polish Hammer...
1: The guy was like looked like he was like five nine and about yes. five feet nine inches wide. But he he well, early on, right, it was uh um, And then there Sam. was
0: and then there was all these guys that, like Zernus Servicus oh, and was, uh and uh Magnus von Magnuson was always my favorite. Magnus, Magnus von Magnus <laughs> before that it was Magnus Samuelson. Do you remember that Magnus Yes, Sam? Yes.
1: Oh my gosh, those guys were awesome. And my favorite was.
0: And then they would always show uh, the ones from the seventies. So they were always having a uh, Bill Kazmaier and superstar Billy Graham, and oh, uh, Kaz. you know Kaz, <laughs> Kaz Ken you know, Kaz, Patera, the Olympian. Yes, <laughs> you know Kaz won that thing. I don't know
1: how many years in a row, oh, right? Yeah.
0: And then he went on to a kind of an interesting career in WCW. <laughs> We just a while. small
1: career. Right? I mean, it was a cup of coffee, really. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it was really more of cup of coffee. And then he became a strength coach, I think it was for the University of Georgia or something like that. believe so. And so, and then he was doing the announcing for World's Strongest Man. And actually, they say the first time that he showed back up to do the announcing for World's Strongest Man, some guys saw him coming in and actually quit because they thought he was getting in the competition.
0: <laughs> that is awesome.
1: <laughs> okay, I got a, I got a Kazmaier story that's absolutely... Totally true. You're going to love this. I have Bill Kazmaier's bicep machine that he built.
0: Wow. That's I have it. pretty he cool. Built it
1: back, he built it back in the 80s. I'll, I'll have to take a picture. It's in my friend's garage. But anyway, uh, he built it back in the 80s and the gym I work at, at our place at the beach here in North Carolina had this piece of equipment and the, the, the gal who now owns the the, the um, who now owns the gym said you know what I, she said I need to get rid of this piece of equipment because you know there, it's you and maybe two other guys who are big enough to actually get in it and actually use it and it locks your elbows into place so that you can't cheat and it's amazing right it's a machine and I, she said so I'm going to just get rid of it and I said well how much do you want for it she said I want nothing for it I just need somebody to move it out of here so my friend here locally owns his own yards, uh, his own landscaping company. He happened to be down there with this giant truck and uh, forklift. So they we put it on the pallet, and he took it back up here to Raleigh. And I now own that piece of equipment that Bill Kazmaier had built for himself to um, isolate biceps. That That's is really cool. Amazing. And It's a cool machine. It's a really cool machine. I love it. it, you, it you cannot you, – there is no way you can – I mean he built this thing where it's at a specific angle. It was literally built for him. And you, you set your elbows in there and I mean it literally isolates your biceps. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That Good is story. pretty cool. That that that's, is that that is that is rather uh that is that that is pretty badass that you have a a Bill Kazmaier uh, bicep machine in your- here. <laughs> I, I, Bill Casmire bicep
1: machine. I mean, and I tell people all the time, and they go, what are you going My wife asks me all the time. She says, what are you going to do with that thing? Because it's sitting in Eric's garage, in Eric's basement. And I said, you know what? I said, I don't know. I said, there's a part of me that wants to somehow continue to use it. And then there's another part of me that thinks I need to get it on eBay. And then there's another part that says, I need to contact Bill Kasmyer and see if he's willing to sign it so that I can put it on eBay. That is awesome. So, uh...
0: yeah. so
1: but yeah, it, it's a and you know it's a really cool machine, James. If you ever get up here, you know, of course you have a place to stay. But um, it, I'll get you on it because it's it's a it's a really cool it's a cool machine. It's just really it's it's so unique. It's it you'd think it looks like a piece of Nautilus equipment, but the way it's designed was it was so specific. You could just see how specific it was for him to design that particular piece of equipment with the handles and the whole thing. It's really, really unique. Yeah, I, I love it. It was cool. Yeah, that's my Casmire story. That, hey, that's, speaking that's of people, awesome. speaking of people, did you see the uh, fake news that the WCW put out? <laughs> fake news WCW put out? WCW. So,
0: you mean so, WWE? Okay. Well, hold on. Listen, listen, w- to, this, w- listen to this. WCW so, had been in business in a while. I'm,
1: oh, WWE. <laughs> okay. So, but, but they were talking about... Okay. So, okay. Let me let me pull it all back together.
0: Bringing back Star I know.
1: Okay. Okay. No, hold on. Hold on. So, you know, I'm friends with Brad Kane, otherwise known as Lodi. Yes. Okay. So, WWE or somebody put out here just last week. I was going to use it. Actually, a fake news thing on our internet doctor segment. I was going to use it. But what happened was they put out that former WWE. WCW star, um, Lodi was retiring and was done with his career and he quickly found it and then posted all over his social media and said, this is totally false. He said, I just had surgery. I'm just taking a break. I'm going to be back doing, you know, my circuit here. You know, I'm just, but I'm taking a break because I had this neck surgery. And so he got all up, you know, all up in arms about this whole thing. I mean, even did videos and the whole thing, right? About how this was all fake news, and I didn't know if you had run across it because he was re- he was really upset. He was he was really upset about it, you know, because he's all part of that whole group with Raven and um, the flock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool, and I think I can get him on the show if we ever want to do that. That's if you're awesome. Yeah, you you Brent let on. you
0: yeah. let me know when we can lock that in, and that would be fantastic. I would. I would love to do that, and in, in fact, I would love to have him on this show with just you and I, and then I would love to have him on the Sunday show because we we're starting to have a a lot of the local professional wrestlers on, and I think they would eat that up like nobody's business.
1: Yeah. So how about if I how about if I make a commitment to reach out to Brad and see if we can't come up with a Thursday that we can that we can get together on because he's he's got some downtime here, so he may be willing to do a little radio while he's tra- trying to get awesome. back in shape and training, awesome. you know, also doing therapy. We you open do, for that? Man.
0: That would be good. I would love to see that. He's that a cool, awesome.
1: he is such a cool dude. I'm telling you, James, he is such a, he's one of the, he's such a nice guy, and he has amazing, amazing story. Who did we, who did we interview former wrestler who's now speaking to high school students? We did that. Mark
0: Marrow, formerly Johnny B. Badge. Yes.
1: Yeah, Johnny be bad, right? So Brad and him have a lot in common. They really do. They're really, they're really cool dudes like that. Where they just give up their time to and try to inspire kids not to do the wrong thing. And uh, Brad's got a lot of the same same traits. And he's just he just could not be a better guy. I'm just telling you, you you're, you'll fall in love with him in a heartbeat.
0: That's awesome. Just,
1: yeah, you will because he's just real, and um, he. Uh, and he just, you know, yeah. And matter you should friend him on Facebook. Well, you should. Send, you should
0: send send should. me his uh, send me his okay. his info, and I will. Uh,
1: yeah, and send friend him a on, friend request. And yeah, I'll I'll send you his info because he does his Lodi's Licks, right? Where he talks about something that's going on, and it's just, it's cool. It's good stuff. Really, is inspiring good stuff. It really is, and uh, I think you'd like it. So I'll I'll get you his information to do that there. Now, of
0: course, uh, we are, we are at the, uh, the, the middle of the hour. Welcome to our big broadcast. And of course, uh, we've got Jay Ezzo with us today. Socialmediology.com is his website. He's the author of got social mediology and, uh, we are just kind of—we don't have a guest today, so we are just kind of riffing and and raffing back. I don't know if rapping is the word. Uh, back and forth here. Um, what What did you think of? Uh, what? What? One of the, since, since we're kind of talking fitness and all the shenanigans. Um, did you happen to see over the weekend? Uh, Phil Heath won the uh, Mister Olympia yet again.
1: Number seven, right? Yes. Is that number seven, yes, right. And you know, the thought was that Big Ramy was going to be the. And that's uh, who I think should have won. <laughs> that's
0: just well, my but,
1: opinion. And, and and you know what you I don't I think you're not alone with that. Like, by the way, download the Jiggy Jaguar app on your phone. Yeah. Um anyway, um you, you know seriously, you should. If you're listening to the show right now and you do not have the Jiggy Jaguar app, you don't know what you're missing. Because you could be listening to this because this is fun. Big Raimi uh, otherwise known as Maso, I, mean, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I don't it.
0: know. He's an Egyptian <laughs> guy, he's right? He's an Egyptian guy. He's he's over there. If you've ever seen the movie Generation Iron 2, uh, no. they profile him in that movie. And uh, it's so funny because he's over in the Middle East, and the Middle Eastern people have started to get into uh, fitness. And uh, at one point, they ask one of these sheiks, who uh, I guess is... is funding all this they go what do you think of women's bodybuilding and he just laughs (laughs) I'm like well
1: there it is right he's not gonna say anything
0: he's He's not gonna say anything he's just gonna say you know because over here it's like well they should be in the kitchen over there he's like shouldn't they be in the beekeeper outfit but there um, we have it there (laughs) we have it there we
1: I was hoping you weren't going to go there, but there we did it. He did it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. This Again, this is why you should download the Jiggy Jaguar app. Or go to Jagshow.com. That's B-S-H-O-W dot C-O-M. Um, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I could see Big Ramy doing that. But Phil Heath, I mean, seven years in a row, right? Yes. Um, who is the 47-year-old dude? I lost his name all of a sudden. He was back again, right?
0: Dexter Jackson, I believe. Dexter Jackson.
1: That's what I, Dexter Jackson, right? 47, 48-year-old dude, right? So, yes. He's getting it done. Or, or living by chemistry, he's getting it done. I'm not sure which one. His chemistry set may be getting it done. I don't, I don't know because, right? I mean, come on, can we, let's be honest here, right? This isn't natural.
0: Well, No. <laughs> well no. Well no. That's that's your answer. Well no. Uh, <laughs> no.
1: I mean you I mean I mean right obviously. Obviously listeners, look, if you've watched competitive bodybuilding, it's not like these guys are being tested <laughs> for anything at all ever. Uh, they're they're not being tested, and you're not gonna look like that naturally. They're just you're just not you're, you're never gonna look like that. But I mean, it is living, right? It is it is a sport that's based on who's got the best chemistry, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. It, it it comes down to uh, battle of the chemists, as my buddy Rob likes to say.
1: Is it? But I mean, right? Isn't that true? I mean, isn't it that if you've got if you cycle right and you and by the way and i should just qualify that so when i when i say cycle so when they take some of these anabolic steroids and growth hormone they do them in cycles because you can't consistently stay on them the whole time and so you know it's about you know how well you're cycling and your timing and you know being able to time it just right so that your body looks at its best based on the chemistry that they have and you know the other things that they they do to themselves right i mean is it really about what they li- is it about their lifting regimen or is it about their chemistry and i have to believe it's chemistry right
0: yes i would have to believe that too i mean because you're a lifter you and
1: i lift i mean we're religious about it i mean i'm in the gym you know 4 to 6 times a week minimally and minimally for 2 hours minimally for 2 now, hours at a
0: time. now now one one question that I have is is do you do upright rows? Absolutely. Okay, so you can so you can sing the song, uh, in in the gym do an upright row so we can knock out the bitches and take their hose. <laughs> That's just one of the things what what, what one of my one of my uh, gym people have come up with over the years.
1: Okay, okay, uh, can, I just, can I just say, I will never fly in Raleigh, North Carolina. It may
0: be flying in Hutchinson,
1: and everybody in Hutchinson may be all cool with that, but I got to tell you, me and my woodlifting partner, Jerome, uh, I don't think that's going to fly very well. Either. I think we'll be kicked out of um, our gym in do yeah. heart. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, well, you, well you, don't actually, you don't actually sing the song in public, it's just... Something that you know. Uh,
1: so do, you, do you hum? Do you, mm, mm,
0: mm. <laughs> I don't know if you hum it or not. But <laughs> you, uh, but but but, but, also, but also but there, also there there's always the uh, uh, there's the Rob Sabi theorem, which is uh, uh, if, uh, when when you watch an MMA fight or a boxing match. If there's a white guy versus a black guy, the black guy will always win. And if it's two black guys fighting each other, the darker one always wins. I don't know why that is, but he says that, that that's usually how it works. Okay,
1: that's called illusory correlation.
0: <laughs> really? There's an actual term to uh
1: it's called illusory correlation. That's exactly what it's called. <laughs>
0: that is awesome. Yeah, we'll it's have a to psychological pass that along to him. He'll he'll think yeah. that's
1: great. Yeah, so it's a psychological term that means that it has the illusion of looking like there's some sort of connection when, in fact, there really isn't. Huh? Yeah. So, so it's this whole concept of you know the idea that every time uh, you wash your car, it rains, or a bird. Oh, is on. this
0: kind of like is this getting back to the whole uh, which we are out of? I think at this point in in the calendar month, the uh, um, oh, what the hell was it? Uh, Mercury Retrograde, which is Ross's... Whatever
1: that, yes. Okay, so anyway, (laughs) he's literally... This guy's really dealing with his illusory correlation. The black guy always wins. The darker black guy always wins, right? (laughs) I mean, okay, look. I'm going to just tell you something. I've watched a lot of boxing, and I've watched a lot of different weight classes. I I think it's called the sweet science for a reason, although I think Alvarez got totally jobbed
0: Oh, you!
1: Oh, I think he got totally jobbed, and <laughs> um, and 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 I hope we get to talk about the Conor Mayweather fight because oh yeah, we, awesome.
0: will. we will.
1: I think that was cool, <laughs> but anyway, um, I because I watched that whole thing. That was awesome. Anyway, the uh, the the thing with that is, is that's it's, it's such an illusory. Con- I mean, listen, I've watched so much boxing. Gotta tell you. It's not it's just doesn't work out that way. It's it's some of this is judges, some of this is but it's not it's not that way. I, I don't know what fight he's watching. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that what he's done is he's always put it together. It's like the here's the other illusory correlation that we get. When a celebrity dies they always die in threes.
0: They always die in threes. Yes, there's that one.
1: There's that one right. It's the illusion that supposedly they die in threes. Well, can I tell you something? They don't die in threes. Uh they actually die in more than that. Because they're old or they have problems.
0: because <laughs> 'cause they're uh, old. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, Richard, you're right. Richard, I guess. Richard Edmark
1: was like 95 years old, and there was like, you know, several, you know, older actors in their 80s, and four or five of them die, but we only really know about three because the other two were really just bit player actors. Well, so we focus on the three that bit we really
0: need. Player know, but actors. But
1: right but they were still actors i mean you would you would recognize them because you go oh man i saw them in that movie oh i saw them in that movie too but you don't remember their name because they weren't stars right you saw them but you but they weren't they weren't like the big star names but you knew them you knew them by face you could tell who they were in every movie you went i know that dude yeah that dude played that guy or she played that gal What's his name? He, I don't was in, know. he
0: was in that movie with the people in the house and the family. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and the knives and the blood thing. You That's my favorite deal. The blood thing. <laughs> That's right. The blood, right? And,
1: <laughs> okay, okay, so, so I grew up. I grew, you know, I, my high school years were in the early '80s, and college was, of course, in the mid. Got to the mid '80s, and I realized how bad horror movies were then. I mean, right, because I was doing the Jason series. you know, we were all doing the Jason thing right, at yes. that time Yes. and can I just tell you we have portrayed in those movies during that time, and I think we still do to an extent, how stupid can you be? The guy has a chainsaw <laughs>
0: How stupid can you be?
1: The guy has a chainsaw That's awesome hmm. You know what, I think the safest place for us to be <laughs> Got a is in the barn. Get out of the
0: house.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it's like let's let's go to the barn and lock ourselves in there because clearly he can't be in there. Right? He can't. He can't hide in the barn. Or, or, or here's my favorite. Hey, why don't we? Why don't, why don't you and I go into the boat and let's just row a little bit? Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So five people have been murdered, but you're gonna go row with the boat. Okay. Good for you. Let's go do that. Let's go see how that works out for you. And not only are you gonna <laughs> row the boat going to stop rowing the boat right near the lake so that he can come out and, and chainsaw you and her and the boat.
0: Chainsaw you. I mean, that, that's going to chainsaw you, honey. I mean, that's just some of the stupid...
1: <laughs> I'm serious. It's the most absurd... You know, the Amityville horror. What person in their right mind, after they see blood dripping on the wall, is going to go, you know, I think we should stay here for the night, honey. What do you think?
0: <laughs> that is awesome.
1: And why don't we get the kids? I think we get a sleeping bag. <laughs> we get
0: the kids. Let's get
1: yeah, let's, the kids. and and you know what? Let's pick, put them in their pick, own separate pick, room, away pick, from us. Pick the kids you know? up. Bring and them. and and let's and we're gonna be at the opposite ends of the hall, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, where did that bloody knife come in the desk? I don't know, but you know what? You know what? We'll figure it out tomorrow morning. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is fantastic. We've got Jay Izzo with us today. Uh, Check out his website, socialmediology.com. Also, Got Social Mediology, which is his latest read. And uh, also, if you download it off Audible, you can hear him, as always, read Those it with golden his golden tones. tones. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, so, also, also. so, tell me about the your your thoughts on these uh, these two boxing matches that have happened fairly recently. First of all, the Conor Floyd thing, and then we'll get into uh, Triple G or or as I try to say the guy's every time I try to say that guy's name, his full name. I always feel like I'm like drunk. Gender- Glavine, you know. <laughs> oh. <slutters> <laughs>
1: That's the, just the sound everybody on iHeartRadio Radio wants to hear right now. I'm choking on the name of a human being.
0: That's right. So, uh, so Connor and Floyd will start there. Your thoughts, your views, okay, your so opinions. I didn't know. I didn't
1: know what to truly expect here. But here is my thoughts going in because I've watched quite a bit of Mayweather over his career. Okay, and Mayweather has pretty much been known to kind of run around the ring and. And, you know, he's generally pretty fit and he just runs around the ring and he kind of tags you here and there, but he really doesn't do anything that really blows you out of the water that goes, oh man, this guy's like Sugar Ray Leonard or something like that. And that doesn't, doesn't do anything like that. Doesn't blow me away. He's just very good at being able to move around the ring. And I, I know, and that's the way I kind of feel about it. And that's fine. I mean, that's how you win fights. That's how you win fights. And, uh, I thought though. I'm going to tell you something about Conor McGregor. I was curious if he could keep his feet on the mat. Because in that MMA world, right, you have to kick. That's part of your strategy is kicking. And he had to become a boxer. And you and I both have a little experience boxing. You more so than I do. I, I still hit the heavy bag and do some fun things like that. But in boxing, you you your hands and movement are critical to the science of boxing. And and you know, I, I'll never forget the first boxing uh the first boxing lesson I ever had and in just my footwork and stance and how you're supposed to stand and how you're gonna move and and all those type of things and i thought okay you know mcgregor has never had this because he's a he's a beast but i'm going to tell you something i was really impressed with him i thought he i thought he the first four rounds i actually thought he won the first four rounds
0: well that's pretty easily. awesome then
1: yeah i i thought he did did you watch the fight
0: by chance i uh what i actually did is i i was i was uh sick that weekend so i pretty much sat on the couch and tried to pirate it off youtube or oh, one of one of the tube sites and finally i ended up watching the fight off some dude's tv that he was filming while he was broadcasting on youtube oh okay oh. <laughs> and i turned down the sound because i didn't want to listen to him go dog you know and all that stuff i didn't care about anything so, so here's what we did. <laughs> oh,
1: that's funny so here's what we did in raleigh north carolina my friend has this giant – seven acres. He's on seven acres. And we literally – I brought – I have this giant 200-inch big screen. And we literally projected it onto a 200-inch big screen in front of a fire pit is what we did. And so we were outside watching the fight. And it was it was really cool. But I, it was really late because, I mean, I didn't get home until – I didn't get home until what? Um, probably – 2, 2 30 in the morning, or something like that. It was like crazy when it was over. But I, I watched all those undercards and watched the whole thing because I'm, I'm into it. But I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you, here's the thing I will say about Mayweather that I saw for the first time. The dude can punch, and he is very accurate. He's an extraordinarily accurate puncher. And when he had McGregor tired, and that, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, that was what happened in that fight. It had nothing to do with McGregor not having enough skill to hit or punch. It had everything to do with McGregor just being exhausted. He was not used to that kind of that that just that kind of movement. He he just did not have his conditioning chops, and Mayweather knew that. He just bought his time. He did dance around. He did take a couple punches from McGregor, and I think he took a lot of punches early, but then when but when McGregor got tired. He absolutely destroyed him. Destroyed him. And I would have loved to have seen the fight go a little bit further. But as I looked at that fight, especially that last round, a little bit again and again, there was no way. He he he, he had no he had no legs left, no legs left whatsoever, and his he just didn't have the conditioning. I mean that's that's how I saw it, anyway. From beginning to end. So, uh,
0: so, so what, what did you make of the undercard fights?
1: Well, some of them were, some of them were pretty good actually. And I'm, and of course I don't have any names, but some of them were pretty darn good fights. And there was, I think there was one fight, right. That somebody had to come in late or something like that and gave a good showing. There was one guy, uh, I think it was the right before there was one guy who, you know, kind of, created an upset and, um, he, uh, there's some really good, there's some, there's some really good, it was good boxing. I'm just going to tell you, it was really good boxing. I felt like, I thought full, I felt like the undercard was a really solid undercard. I felt like they, um, really had some really good bouts and they were interesting and fun and enjoyable to watch. You know, you didn't feel like you, you know, sometimes you watch this stuff and you go, "Oh my gosh, where did they who would they get the, where would they get these two guys?" I didn't feel that way uh, in the, in this in this one. I remember watching Meriwether and Pacquiao, and the undercard was awful. But this one, I thought the undercard was pretty darn good here. I really did. I, I thought this was I thought this was pretty good undercard, and I was, and I'm telling you that that fight. But I mean, listen, I would have loved to see McGregor beat Meriwether. For no other reason, just be, the only reason why I say that I would love to have seen it is just because I want to see an MMA guy you know, take down a boxing guy. And I just think it would have made a really interesting story. And I think it would have been really, really cool to see that happen. Not, not, not because I have anything against Floyd and Meriwether. I have nothing against him. I just thought it would be a cool story. But uh, Meriwether was really good. He was really, really good. Man, he was good. And he was smart. He was so stinking smart. And, of course, he should be, right? He's won 50 fights. So he should be smart in the ring. And he was. And his foot movement, he wasn't very crisp early on in terms of his foot movement because I think he got hit a little bit more than he wanted to get hit. But, James, I'm going to tell you, uh, Floyd Merriweather Floyd May- in this last fight, I thought it was actually for his age. And everything, I thought it was actually a really well thought out and planned fight, and he executed it to perfection. That's kind of how I felt.
0: Hell of a deal. Now, uh, okay, let's look at the one that happened this last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of that one?
1: Well, and I think uh, um, I, I uh, who's the guy? Teddy Atlas, right from uh, ESPN, does the uh, commentary. I, and he was uh, he was angry and I think he was justifiably angry because he pointed out just the absurdity of this female judge who basically handed the fight over to um, Triple G, right? And uh, the fact of the matter was when you when you actually look at the number of punches and lands and all that, Alvarez just clearly dominated the fight. The fact that these other two judges were going to basically call it a draw was absurd. And as Titty Atlas said, screaming at at the screen, this is the problem with the sport. The problem with the sport of boxing is that it's very easy to be in the pockets of judges. And so... While it may not be mafia, quote unquote mafia run, there is an organized syndicate to it that that they can't avoid. I mean, let me ask you a question: How many different boxing associations are there?
0: Oh, there's a heck of a lot of them.
1: Right. Okay. So think about
0: this. <laughs> right. Good so Lord. you're not
1: unified. Every state has their own rules. So there's no unified rules. So the state of Nevada has something different than the state of New Jersey, than the state of New York, than the state of Kansas. So there are no, there are no standard rules. So the sport is as beautiful as the sport is, and I love. It. And listen, I am a pugilist lover, but this, and I love the sport, and I do. I, like I've said this over and over again, it is the sweet science for a reason, and I love it. But there is a problem with the sport. And the problem with the sport is that because there are so many people on the take. And by the way, do you know that it takes nothing? You and I can become a boxing judge tomorrow. Really? That's right. Yeah. All we got to do is put in our application. There is no training or certification to be a boxing judge. We just put in our application. That's basically it. We apply for it to be a boxing judge. And I'm thinking about doing it, actually. I'm thinking,
0: <laughs> I, thinking about becoming I, a boxing I, judge.
1: I, how fun would it be to say Jay Izzo, a.k.a. the Internet Doctor, boxing judge, author of Got Social Mediology? How, how awesome would that be to say that I'm a boxing judge? Right? I think it would be awesome. Now, I I, I, listen. I I love the sport. I think I would be a pretty good. I think I'd actually make a pretty good judge. And I would not allow anybody to get into my pockets. So, um, I probably wouldn't get on too many panels. But, I, I, I think I think it would actually be kind of fun, to be a boxing judge. I mean, it's a lot of work. But if you enjoy the sport, I mean. You know, I don't know what they get paid. Do you have any idea what a boxing judge gets paid?
0: No, I have no clue.
1: I have no idea, but there's... Right? I mean, there's got to be an incentive to just do it outside of, I like boxing. I mean, you're not doing it for free, right?
0: Oh, no. No, 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 no.
1: I mean... Right, so, I mean, there has to be some financial incentive that kind of makes it worthwhile to do it. And... So I mean I'm like, oh, maybe I should just do the application and just see what happens. If, see if I can be an app, see if I can be a boxing judge. But I wonder if it kind of works like the NFL, right? You know, you got to start in high school and then you go into college and then you work your way up into the NFL. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's something like that. But although Teddy Atlas says that you don't, know, he said you could be a judge tomorrow. He said just fill out your application. So, <laughs>
0: that's awesome. No, he
1: was screaming at Stephen A. Smith after the fight, he was screaming at Stephen A. Smith. And he was jumping up and down. And I was like, Teddy, you're gonna have a heart attack, man. And it, I mean, he literally came off the ground because he was so mad that the sport is that the, the sport that he loves, the sport that he has given his life to, is so fixed in so many different ways. And that it's it's that it's such a problem and nobody will address it. and I can I can't I I mean it's hard to argue with him right I mean it's hard it's hard, it is hard to argue with him because if you watch that triple G Alvarez fight alvarez absolutely I mean you're watching triple G's head look like like it, it just looks like one of those little bouncing balloons I mean that's how many times Alvarez hit him in the head he had more headshots and and I know there's the one picture that the, there's the one video shot where they show triple g shaking his head after getting punched right in the freaking nose that that didn't bother me right well it bothered him trust trust me it bothered him these guys are in such phenomenal condition that they can take those kind of punches okay but trust me it bothered him because his face was swollen alvarez swoll his face and he was struggling in the later rounds so I I feel bad for Alvarez because Alvarez fought I think fought a brilliant fight and didn't get rewarded for it and He was not going to win that fight Uh, Nothing short of an absolute knockout Which was not going to happen because Alvarez is really not a true knockout puncher and so He had to beat him on points. He I believe he absolutely did. I believe not only did he beat him on points He he beat him in every aspect of Of boxing. And and when I say that, I mean in terms of contact punches, in terms of number of punches thrown, in terms of style points, in terms of his ability to cut off the ring from Triple G, in terms of being able to pin him in the corners far more frequently than Triple G could ever pin him. His movement was far superior to Triple G's movement. I felt like he beat him in every aspect of boxing that makes it a science and I felt that he won and sadly he got jobbed on it. Download the Jiggy Jaguar app, please. <laughs>
0: that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> and d-
1: dude, I, I got to tell you something, something else that we, and I got I haven't said this to Richard cause I know he puts out all my publicity stuff for you, but there is a new J com website.
0: Really? There's a, there, yeah. there's, a, uh, there's new- a, there's a place for J on the web
1: there is j a y i z s o that's right ice cream zebra samuel ocean so j i z s o there's a brand new jizo website that is my speaker website that my marketing team is rebranding uh, we're not we're not abandoning internet doctor by any means but they're branding the jizo piece thanks to you by the way you're actually part of this whole thing of
0: that's awesome
1: branding uh jizo and so they have the new JISO uh, website, which is all about uh, change and how change happens. Because I speak on motivation and I'm, I do some motivational speaking and inspirational speaking and those type of things as well as social media. But I talk about a lot of other things. and And uh, you've been you've been largely responsible for that whole thing of the marketing people going, you know what, you need to be out there more than just the internet, doctor. We need to. Push J is O, so J A Y I Z S O dot com is the new website, and it's cool. And we're going to be doing a podcast, which I'm sure you'll be on. Yes, with, with me doing a podcast uh, and, at some uh, point.
0: And and at some point, uh, and and this will be this will be next month. But uh, at some point, you and I are going to be interviewing the 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 guy who started it all, the guy who. Uh, the the, the, the the guy who, uh, who, who I, I don't know if he wrote the song or whatever, but um, I believe his name is David Bickle. He is the original lead singer of the band Survivor. <laughs> if you can believe that. What? <laughs> Say that again? He wrote what? Remember uh, remember the band uh, Survivor from the, yes. from the 70s and the 80s? Yes. I think he... he I don't know if he wrote it, but I know that he won an he won a Grammy for it. But uh we're going to be the tiger? we're going to be interviewing David Bickler at some stage of the game. And he he wrote I have the tiger. I don't know if he wrote it or not, but I know he sang it for like 20 years.
1: Hold on here. <laughs>
0: Let
1: me see who it's, wrote Eye uh, of the tiger. Okay, okay, All right. So no, no just okay, there's a, there's a little side story to this. Right. I've actually come out to Eye of the Tiger.
0: That is awesome.
1: I actually was doing. I. I <laughs> there is a picture of me in a total WWE wrestling type gear thing, right? Do rag whole thing. I have been lifting oh, okay. like crazy. I think. I think I was actually taking. I think he was actually taking some creatine at the time. I had to stop it, by the way. I had to stop taking creatine. Um, do you he remember just, when that was a big pop-
0: He just sang it. He didn't write it. Okay. So
1: um, anyway, so I'm at the, this church that I used to go to. It had like a 1,000 people in it. And so here I come out, and I'm supposed to be doing something to promote something for a an event that the church was doing. And they played Eye of the Tiger and I came out in my whole dude. pumped up I mean, I had been doing I mean, I was just totally just pumped up. And
0: totally just pumped up. Oh, I mean, dude, I
1: mean the <laughs> biceps if if you see this picture, the biceps are just you know, just flying and the triceps are just blown up. And I'm in there screaming on they bring me out to Eye of the Tiger Eye of the Tiger. So I, I have this little thing up and it was cool. What a cool moment to come running out, kinda of jogging out to Dun, tch, dun 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 ch, dun dun dun, ch, dun 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 right you kind of i mean you, it, you just feel the, the vibe right i mean it was just cool it was so it was so awesome so very awesome so i love that and, and oh, i would love to him. what's the, what's he doing now do you know
0: uh the last major thing that he did was he sang the uh he sang the, the, the song to the Budweiser campaign, Real Men of Genius. <laughs> was that that's, him? That's the last that's the last done. No, thing was that, that him? Are real men of genius, that guy. Dude. <laughs> I love those.
1: You know, because you know, before before nine eleven, right, they were called real American heroes.
0: Yes. Yes. Right?
1: And he and was that him too? I guess he did that too, right? Probably. So they had to change Budweiser had to change the name. To change this right because of the whole 9-11 thing and yeah. who the real heroes were so they change it so they get to you know real man of genius thing right and and uh, which he sounds like a Richard Marx guy but I didn't realize it was him anyway so he sings it and I loved those here's to you you know yes. uh, long mink wearing man no one can <laughs> wear a long mink like you can <laughs> The uh, thing yeah. says, "I'm a man like you, wearing a long mink."
0: Yeah, that.
1: yeah, I love those. Those were great. <laughs> so, <laughs> right.
0: that is uh, that is who we're going to be talking to here uh, here in a uh, couple weeks on the show. Oh,
1: so. And 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 remind everybody of his name again,
0: David Bickler.
1: David Bickler.
0: He is the original lead singer of Survivor. Survivor.
1: I am Okay, this brings back okay, this is you know, come on man. Well Survivor was what nine early nineties, eight late eighties? Is that right?
0: Uh let's see. Survivor was uh let's see seventies.
1: No, come on. Yeah, no, because so it was
0: seventies.
1: No 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 seventies
0: eighties. No, no, no.
1: Okay. Seven. Okay. So they were in the right because I had the Tiger was, nineteen eighty two, right?
0: Uh, let me see here.
1: Isn't that right? Nineteen eighty two. I I had the Tiger. I
0: had the Tiger. Let's see. American rock band Survivor. It was released May twenty ninth, nineteen
1: eighty two. Yeah. So I was According I was a 82. graduating senior in high school. That's kind of why I remember this. I thought. I was a graduating senior in high school when that song came out, right? And man, we would play that thing aloud. Gosh, we'd play that. That was just, it. Was just the coolest song. I mean, so it has, it has some great memories for me.
0: David Bickler was the was the lead singer of Survivor from '78 to '83, and then he, uh, let's see, what else did he do? Uh, he appeared on the Colbert Report, singing a passage from Newt Gingrich's book. Um, <laughs> he's posted a few songs <laughs> here and there. Um,
1: okay, and he's now he's uh,
0: he's he got did, a solo. He, album. Did, he did real, real American heroes and real men of genius. I'm, tell, and, I'm uh, telling you, he's man. done over 100 of 100 commercials. He's done all sorts of things, so. He's, well, we're, uh, he's 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 all over the place. Da- David Bickler.
1: David Bickler. Yes. Eye of the tiger, David Bickler. Eye
0: of the tiger, <laughs> David Bickler.
1: Can I just say that that I, I, I'm. I, I mean this when I say it, and it's
0: that. and it's only because no, I went I, I went to, to a survivor uh, I went to a survivor show at the uh, Kansas State Fair, and I just had to, uh, and and I noticed that he wasn't singing for them. It was some young guy who looked right. exactly like him, and I'm like, what happened to the other guy? So, I mean, but it's I, only because I, mean, I stalked him on Twitter and I got him on the show with us at some point. Well, uh, that's really cool because. <laughs> Just like just like I'm, I'm stalking Bill Casmire right now on social media, trying to get him on the show. But
1: uh, I, I, I'm gonna try to yeah, I want to talk to I'm gonna talk to Cas about his machine.
0: Jay is on Bill Casmire.
1: Yeah, Jay is on Bill Casmire.
0: Uh, <laughs> hell, hell of a deal. It is a hell of a deal. <laughs> it is a hell of a deal. So well, well, Jay, before we wrap up here, yes. um, I will talk to you this evening on television. Yeah, um, it'll be perfect, you. I to- it will be you, me. Frank Catolo from Catolo Chronicles and right. Timothy Trainer, who is uh, thinks of himself as a social media expert, so and it will be TV. So, so, so in, in in the words of well, I I guess not really in the words of Richard Kurtz, because usually Richard says you not, might want to dress up. It's radio. This this is going to be television, so you might actually want to dress up.
1: Okay, so here, here's what I'm going to do. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned because. You know, I have a microphone in my face when I do this whole thing. Yeah, so that's I'll fine. Have to, I'll,
0: I'll have, a, I'll have, I'll have a, a suit that doesn't fit. So, you know, it all works.
1: <laughs> well, that's because you're so huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, according cut, according okay, to
0: like, Britannia, it's not because I work out. It's because I, I, I eat too much pasta. But that's fine.
1: Okay, so, dude, you need to really cut back on the pasta. But I think it's because you work out. <laughs> your, your shoulders are you basketball, Basketball's for shoulders. Yes. Yeah, they're huge. So anyway, so I got my lighting kit all ready to go. I'm really excited about doing this. So we're going to do, have some fun with this. And I will actually have a suit jacket on and a mock neck and actually look somewhat professional and well, have fun with this.
0: It will be fun. So I will Yeah, love. And, actually, you, yeah, and,
1: and can, people can tune into this, right? Is that right?
0: Uh, at last I knew, they could tune in on SalinaTV.org this evening.
1: So, so if they go to slinatv.org, right, they can watch um, you and I do what we do. And there's, oh gosh, there's a ton of people on this show. And I'm going to feel a little bit like Max Headroom, you know, there. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to work out. But
0: oh, yeah, it'll it'll I mean, be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, and and
1: you've interviewed like the mayor of Wichita. Who did he become governor of the state? No, he's
0: still running for governor.
1: Oh, he's still running for governor, right? He's still running for the governor of the state. But it's, he was—he is the mayor of Wichita, right? Yes, Correct? he
0: was the 100th mayor of Wichita, Kansas. And
1: dude, the dude—I just thought the dude was cool. I did—I just thought he was a cool so. dude. I mean, is that the vibe that you got from him? Because I thought yes. he was a cool. Yes. I just thought he was so cool, and I thought he was—he just seemed really genuine and authentic. So, it's the show is actually a great show. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen the show, uh, and I know you listen to iHeartRadio and everything, check it out. Right? It's called SalinaTV.org.
0: It is salinatv.org. It is called Live from Salina.
1: Yeah, Live from Salina. And it starts at what time?
0: Uh, let's see. We will go on. We will go on officially at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. But we have a okay. sound check and audio checks and all that. But we'll get to all that. I got Richard Kurtz waiting on the phone, and I will okay. talk to you this evening, my friend.
1: All right, brother. I'll talk to you later.
0: Appreciate it. And uh, we are going to go to Richard here in about 60 seconds.